Last week, the gospel told us how Jesus was able to feed thousands based on just a little tiny bit. Today's gospel reading that we just heard continues the story. Uh, Jesus and his disciples have crossed the lake in their boat, and all the folks who were just there to witness the feeding of so many have followed. They get there and they seem surprised that Jesus beat them across the river. And so they ask him how he got there and where he came from. Jesus hears their question but sort of reads their heart and he answers that deeper question. He looks at the people and he says, You ask me this not because you really want to know, but because you're still thinking about the food that we just ate. And yet, Jesus says to those, you still want more. We probably all know someone who always wants more, who can never be quite satisfied. Uh, Perhaps there's a little bit of that in all of us. There's something that we could always use a little more of. Uh, More money, more clothes, more food, more drink, more stuff. If you've ever thought about the appetites that we have, these appetites that we try to control but sometimes seem to control us, the external appetites often really just mask deeper internal appetites. It's those internal ones that are even harder to satisfy. The desire for acceptance... (laughs) The hunger for self-acceptance, the desire for a purpose, for a vocation or a cause, for meaning. There's an internal desire in some for excitement or challenge or change of any kind. And then for others, it's just the opposite, a real hunger or thirst for, for stability or peace or calm or silence. There's the deep down desire for love. Well, those who experience any kind of healing from addiction know that at some level, external cravings are always related to those internal cravings. And until those internal spiritual aspects of hunger and thirst are looked at, There's usually no success on the externals. And that sort of deep down spiritual work is at the end of the day something each person does for herself. Each person does for himself. As much as we might want to try to help another, it's an inside individual job. Jesus knows all of this and speaks to it in today's gospel. He knows then as now so much of our wanting more relates to the future. We need to save and prepare, of course. We need to be mindful of the future. But but Jesus again and again cautions us about getting wrapped up at living in the future. Jesus senses this in his disciples when he says, don't focus so much on the food that perishes. Focus instead on the food that endures for eternal life. 
This is where the people who hear this remind Jesus that God came through before. Can't he come through like God again? God gave manna to the hungry Israelites in the wilderness. Can't Jesus do another trick like the feeding of the thousands? Jesus agrees. God did indeed provide manna. But recall, Jesus suggests, manna only lasted for that day and that day only. Our first reading from Exodus just gave us a snapshot of the larger story. But if you go back and read the whole story, um, there was a lot of drama to the manna. Several people wanted to save it, save it for the future, because you never know if God's going to come through tomorrow or not. But when they saved it, it became wormy. And so they realized that each night they would have to go to bed with a prayer that tomorrow God would provide the manna again. So perhaps way back then, that that old, old prayer began, give us tomorrow the bread that we need. Some say this is the very beginning of the prayer that Jesus knew well and taught his disciples, the prayer that we use and call the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Biblical scholars love to point out that the grammar of the Lord's Prayer actually conveys a sense of praying for what will come tomorrow. And so another translation could be just as surely, give us our bread for tomorrow, give us what we need next week, next year, all those other days to come. But it's still a prayer for faith. For Christians, Jesus is our bread. If we stay in relationship with him, then we are fed. We're fed spiritually and in every other way. Of course, a lot gets in the way. We forget. We forget to eat or drink, like in our regular life. We forget to eat or drink of the Spirit. The other day, there was some marathon on television, and a a commentator was talking about it. It was the perfect sort of background noise for what I was doing, and so I was only vaguely paying attention. Until the commentator started to talk about water. She pointed out that the marathoner has to drink water all along the way. Because if the marathon runner only waits until she's thirsty to drink water, it's too late. And the water can't do its work. How many of us have known a similar thing in the spiritual life, where we go a ways without really thinking about God, without keeping up any sort of spiritual practice, uh, not being in touch with a church. Um, And then when a crisis comes, suddenly we're hungry, we're thirsty, and we don't know where to turn. It can feel like it takes longer then to experience God anew. But if we take God into ourselves a little bit each week, a little bit each day, then we're ready for anything that comes. By taking into ourselves the body of Christ, we become one with Jesus and with God through the Holy Spirit. Communion happens to us. It happens within us. It overtakes us. Communion is God's moving toward us and inviting us to move ever closer into God's life. Communion is our reaching out toward one another and even reaching out beyond the church into the world. When we forget to eat, when we substitute junk food, 
spiritual junk food that seems to quench the spirit just for the moment. We can fall victim to addictions or temptations that move us away from our true self, our sense of God. All sorts of things can separate us and can take us to a place of hunger or thirst. But we can always come back to the source. We can always come back to the table. We come back to the table through the sacrament of Holy Communion. It's one reason, especially in this church and in so many Episcopal churches and other churches, we, we bend over backwards to extend that welcome to all who would know Christ in any way. We come back to the table whenever we need to and even when we don't. We come back to the food of Christ's Spirit through prayer. Some of us have been practicing this in a new way this summer at 10 o'clock in the little round chapel, the cloister chapel. We've been practicing being quiet for 25 minutes and praying. Some of us do it easily and some of us do it with great, great difficulty. But it's a training ground. It's a place to start. It's a place to practice. Once again, connecting to God in a deliberate, quiet, conscious way. We come back to Christ's body, understanding through our faith that each one of us carries an aspect of Christ's body within us. And so to turn to one another is to turn to Christ's body. We come back to the table. We come back to God through prayer. We come back to God through the body of Christ who is all of us. Bread for today is a gift. Bread for tomorrow is our prayer. We're called to live with this hope and faith for whatever is ahead. Of course, we have challenges in our personal lives. We have worries. But God invites us to step forward in faith that we will have what we need when tomorrow comes. God will give us the resources we need, even when we have problems that seem unsolvable. With tomorrow's bread, God gives us new answers, creative solutions, deeper insight, new people to help. August is a good time to think about what it means to live by faith. There's still time for some vacation. <laughs> Our schedules aren't quite as crazy as they will be in the fall. But plans are already getting into place for the fall, aren't they? Plans are getting into place for a new school year, a new work year, a new program year at church, a new season for whatever it is we do. But the scriptures offer us a few questions today and in the weeks ahead. The scriptures invite us to think about in what ways God invites us to look for bread for tomorrow. What is our deepest prayer? In what ways are we invited to clear out the cupboards, the hiding places, and throw out the junk food and look for what really sustains? Might God be calling us to some new place of faith? Might God be calling us to live a little more intentionally in contact with the body of Christ. May we come to know in our hearts, our minds, and our bodies, Christ who is the bread of life, in whom all hunger and thirst and desire are, are quenched and satiated beyond our wildest dreams. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.